I remember running in the church once. My brother was chasing me. I was seven. I looked back to see where he was. When I turned. When I got hurt. My head charged into the corner of a pew. There was blood all over my face. I felt nothing at first, but the pain in my brother's eyes told me I was hurting. The pain came afterwards. He brought me into the bathroom. I cried looking into the mirror. I tried to stop the thunderbolt gash making lava out of my forehead, but it refused. It went down my nose. It was dripping all over my feet. It covered my hands. I thought I was going to die. Hello? to be able to be patient 
um, or have your patients tested and relax or do things that maybe don't feel like doing things in your normal everyday life but are important and also collectively then for a city like Paris especially where everybody is constantly go 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 and it's everything is about schedule and everything is about getting from A to B and doing it as quickly as possible and you see that in the impatience that you have when you have to wait three minutes for a metro rather than one and I think that it's so good for our collective lifestyle not just as a city but as an entire world to be able to press pause on the stress of having a busy schedule or having to have a busy schedule um, and on even the consumer industry like what do you need most right now is what's on the forefront of all our minds not what you what you want but you don't necessarily need and so actually I think just kind of like the reset button is something that I've been thinking about a lot because I'm just really excited to see how we'll come out of this after all of that, after having pushed this reset button and taken everything right back to basics. We then have this opportunity for when life goes back to normal to rebuild and you can go straight back to the way you were before or you can take everything that you've learned during this period and use that as you go forward to live a much more productive lifestyle than you did before, a much cleaner lifestyle than you did before, a much more fulfilling lifestyle than you did before because you're only paying attention to the things that you really need and embellishing with the things that you realise that you miss the most and wanted the most in your life, not just the stupid frills. I'm completely, like, I'm completely alone in trans. Like, it's, uh, I know a lot of people are alone. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just whining, but it's, it's made me think of um, proximity to family or to loved ones in a new perspective. Uh, maybe I'm preaching. Maybe it's, maybe it's my new pastime. I think the only thing that I have been thinking about, especially since confinement, I read, um, there's this quote by Roxanne Gay that I just recently read where she said, I hope we can rise to the occasion of greatness where greatness is nothing more than trying to overcome our lesser selves. And it just makes me think, it just made me think more about what is it that I want from life. It's interesting because obviously this situation that we find ourselves in is not a positive one and the slightest of virus that is killing people is not a positive thing. But something has to come out of that, right? It's like we there has to be a reason or suffering or in the everyday inconveniences, you know, maybe if, if you're not suffering, because some, some people aren't, but the world is at a whole. And when you think of what, how we use the word virus, it's we use it in a way to depict something that is spreading and infecting everything. And that's what's happened here is that it, if this inconvenience or pain has had to come in the form of a virus. It's maybe the only way that it could have affected the whole world, the world as a whole. That's one thing COVID has done for me. It's made me think of or perceive closeness to other people or family and friends as important, regardless of, um, yeah, regardless of the situation.
maybe for it to be a reset button for the world as a whole, it had to come in the form of a virus, which is ugly and painful and nothing nice. But why is the only way that we can actually get through it is to look to the future of it and where we're going to go with it and and actually to try and make something positive come out of it because otherwise then all of this suffering or inconvenience has been for absolutely nothing. It was a week. This past week just gone. Um, I've been having really intense dreams, really vivid dreams. I've got a strong imagination anyway, and I have vivid dreams anyway, but it's been like more intense. And um, I was wondering why. It, apparently, this is worldwide, actually. Uh, it's something to do with um, possibly that people are hypothesizing that it's possible that because during the day you're not receiving that much stimulus, your subconscious is going into overdrive. Anyway, that's not that's not the point of what I'm saying. I'm saying that I wasn't. I personally don't like admitting fear at at anything. You know, um, I don't like giving voice to my fears or anxieties. I feel like it makes them come alive, and I don't. I don't like letting them out. Um, and so even throughout all this period, it's just been like, yeah, I'm fine. Of course I'm fine. Like, yeah, I'm by myself in the new city, <laughs> in the new apartment, in a place I don't know, the healthcare system I don't yet understand. And I'm fine. Of course I'm fine. Alex and I have both shared um, a person in our life that has been of great influence for us and has unfortunately died. I just picked up my phone this morning, turned it on, and said, I... I, I regret to inform you that Gordon passed away. I'm like, what? My gosh, there are so many people crushed. And at a time where nobody can go over anybody's house to comfort, and at a time where we can't even go and there's not going to be a funeral, and we just found out two weeks ago he was sick. But you're also just sitting at home all over the world, and you're seeing on TV what's going on with everybody, and it's just you're watching people... It's almost as if you want to help, but at the same time you know it's for your own good that you're staying at home. And But then you see these first responders every single day, like, risking their lives to make sure that other people aren't dying. And it has, even now, especially for me, mine was a great many years ago, still has affected me emotionally. And we were talking about, we were reading some passages in the Bible about natural catastrophes, and she's also reading something from the problems of pain and C.S. Lewis used this sort of uh, metaphorical um, idea that was related to the theory of God and his ability to change and um, create, uh, oh, what's the word called? It's um, uh, a myth, or myth, what's it called? It, just, it, it talks about like how beyond human comprehension. And... I think it just comes down to acceptance. And I'm fine, of course I'm fine. And, um, I guess my sub, my dreams were acting out. I was feeling really just uh, scattered. And I, I was reading that, I was reading the, 
Um, where am I? I'm in Acts now. But I also read Mark, you know, as he, as he told us to. And, um, Jesus was scared too, you know. And um, just kind of let myself just say, like, I'm actually like, a little bit scared. I am actually, you know, and, and just sort of writing that down and writing what my fears were. And um, it was really, I did that yesterday. I just kind of like emptied out what my fears were and I was scared about. And it was refreshing. It was refreshing. And, um, but of course, as Christian, you know, we have a God that is above all that fear, who is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. Everything always works out. Uh, that's my belief. Yeah. But for me, that was really like, it was interesting to see how my subconscious was acting out and me not being... Accepting that there are some things that happen on this planet that is beyond our control to understand why it's happening and what is causing it and that these things happen. And in order to start processing, uh, if you want to call it mourning, it, at first it's accepting that it has happened. I don't know how else to describe it. That's that's how I've... Is the, I mean, what's happening with the coronavirus is so shockingly devastating, like, worldly, and it upsets me even more to think how many other areas of the world that are going to suffer far more worse because they don't have the right health care or that they're neglected, and how many of those places on the planet are going to be ravaged by the virus. And I don't know what to... I, I, I don't know what to say or do about the circumstances because I, it's beyond my comprehension, just as with other, so many other natural causes like tsunamis, for example. And I think when I think of the death that I've had in my life, when I had to process it, I had to just at first accept that it had happened. It saved me from being angry. Whereas my mother and my aunt because it was my grandfather, probably the most important, one of the most important people I've ever had in my life, especially that went all the way back to my childhood. Um, it was, it, you know, he was there for me, especially, he was the first person I ever really came out to as being queer, and, and he was the only parent or family member I've ever felt that I could be myself to, and he was always more of a parent for me than my own parents, so it was, it, it, it bothered me a great deal that I only really had him for a short period of my life and he died not long after I was able to be even more close to him than my, anybody else in my family. And I knew that I was never going to be happy or that I was never going to process his death unless I was going to accept that it just happened. Well, I mean, if you think of... If you think of what Easter has become, I'm, it's, an, it's a national holiday. It's... A consumerist holiday, like every other Christian calendar holiday has become, and even I've been thinking about it in terms of the chocolate Easter eggs, of course. But being stuck in this situation and being stuck indoors and unable to maybe subscribe to the busyness of the Easter events or buy into the Easter paraphernalia, it's that's exactly what 
I think is maybe required of Easter is that it is we, we have to take it right back to the basics. We don't have any choice but to simply sit in our houses with our Bibles and read about what Holy Week was for Jesus and think that through in the time and space that we have thanks to there being no external distractions. And so actually maybe for Holy Week it means that for the first time in a while we actually think about what Holy Week is fully and properly without the embellishments. I feel like this is the, the, the this epidemic is, is kind of like that Saturday. There have been all these terrible things that have been happening in the world and now there's just this extended period of time of kind of silence and hopefully just how there was uh, good to come out of that Saturday of rest, which was the, the next Sunday, which had the, I don't know the story exactly, I don't remember exactly, but there was, there was some good to come out of it, so I'd be like, this really parallels that story in a way. But they didn't know that at the time that he was going to come back. It's not about the preparations for an Easter service. It's not about organizing what you're going to eat for Easter lunch with however many people. It's about thinking about what Easter is and why why you're sad that you can't celebrate Easter with your church or with your friends. And therefore, in turn, why you're grateful for Easter as it usually is and why you can still be grateful for Easter as it is right now. I just started rereading as well is the diary of Anne Frank and I think that it was just very reasonable uh, for circumstances because here's this person that is hiding in an annex for two years and had a very typical uh, childhood was very popular at school and outgoing and then this you just see this person transformed intensely emotionally and intellectually because they were shut off from the world and they had no other uh, escape apart from going into their own head and just reading that process just makes you uh, more appreciated and just opens up so many other windows into your own confinement. Okay, this, this was inspired by a tweet that I saw by this astrologian I follow, and um, he talked about it being a season of enforced Sabbath. So this form is called This Enforced Sabbath. How often we don't notice how the heart keeps beating and the nerves keep tingling, the lower back and its consistency, the knees absorbent, the eyes never dormant, how the sun raises the tiny hairs on your cheek, how sweet it is to run nowhere, how the clouds doze in the sky and the trees pose beneath. The birds, the birds, how they sing without the noise of horns, beeps and exhausts. Neighbors and how routines almost sink. How we wake up and get hungry. How uncomplicated eggs are. How exquisite olive oil is. And the simple delight of bread. This is how we rest. He took off his jacket and wrapped it around his waist. He took a towel and he washed me. My head, my hands, my feet. He covered my eyes and he carried me. 
He loved me to the end.